listening to the Erratic Control Podcast, and this is Ed Townend. So you join me from my bed, which I, you know, maybe an inappropriate thing to say, but at the moment I'm pretty sick, so you have to bear with my lethargy and all of that involved in that. This week's podcast is with Girl Talk, Kay Russell and Stacey Alford. I've been really wanting to have Kay and Stacey in as guests on the podcast, almost since I started the podcast, really, and I finally managed to work out the gear and what I need and everything to kind of get them together and get talking with them. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this uh, talk with them. We were on uh, a bit of limited time because it was the week of Independent Venue Week. We all had things to go to afterwards and various responsibilities. So I had to put a time limit on how much time we were together. And so this may be a bit of a shorter one. It may be a bit of a less rambly podcast, but that might be all the better for it. As we go through, you'll hear clips and pieces of music. And if you're interested in what those songs are, we do talk about them around the songs. But uh, there's also a track list in the description of this podcast, which you can check out. So, yeah, uh, enjoy this podcast with Kay and Stacey of Girl Talk. Cool. Have you listened to the podcast? Do you know what? Cool. I haven't. No, that's really fine. Bad. Sorry. That's all right. Well, it's, I mean, it's you'll my... be surprised by the by the questions. So that's, that's cool. Um, Is it always the same questions? Sort of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I asked two of the, well, a couple at the beginning, a couple at the end, and then that kind of bookends it. But usually I don't, I've started just going into conversations rather than like starting. I kind of like catching people and just catching people mid-conversation because I always think it's more interesting and more natural than just going... This is the start of an interview. We start now. It's Structure. awkward. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I've had a couple of times when people have gone, oh, can we not include any of that? Because I, I didn't really want that to be on record. Oh, off the record. <laughs> I think that's happened like <laughs> once, like out of the whole time I've done it. I've done like 27 of these. Oh my God, have you? Yeah. I didn't realise you'd done so many. Yeah. Horrific. Um, so, so Why do, have you taken so long to get us in? Because... <laughs> interviewing more than one person no i know I'm is, uh, it was impossible for me to do yeah, until yeah. the last couple of well literally until i bought that microphone yeah, yeah, yeah. so you have to do these things on a budget because it is a passion project of course you do so but you were like on the top of the list from the start <laughs> obviously good, good yeah and so the first people i had to interview after getting the uh, right amount of equipment even though i'm still lacking a microphone stand <laughs> For you, that's fine. You should have just rang me. I would well, have told I, I you. I was thinking, I've been borrowing Ollie's microphone stands as like phone stands to for lighting yeah. and pictures at the moment. So, if, if I'm really honest, live you stream? would have been using it for something real, yeah, but we actually for, for live streams as well. Yeah, we bought yeah. them for live stream. It's see, this is what I mean about I like just going into a conversation rather than starting it. I like yeah. it, it's a good idea, yeah. Like kind of, you have to hold them. Have to. You have Do you to, want it really? No, close? no, no. It's just the fact that if I just had the microphone set up and just started recording, you could just chat. Be natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. It, this is all like really technical detail that I'm just thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Don't worry about things like that. I'm not one of those people that does this, so you're fine. As she does it. As she, <laughs> as she does it. That's why I meant. That's why I meant. You know, I, there's, that, there, that there, there, sound really nice. Yeah, yeah. You wait. You're gonna have. It's gonna be like a, 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 final a, beats um, with Kaylee Russell. I do it. I do it in like. I do it like in stereo. Yeah. 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 Um. This one. This does pan. Like, I think you can. This. If I did it like this as well, it would be really funny on your headphones. But I won't do it. This one will. 
No. Because it's so close, it'll be like... Oh, yeah, but then if I put a compressor on it, it yeah, won't. don't put a compressor on it. That ruins my whole joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, doing an interview with two separate people is also a kind of a new thing for me. I've done it once before with... Oh, no, I've, did it, uh, I've had it with a band. I don't know it was band before, and I just sat them all around one microphone. I don't know how the hell I did that, but it worked. Mm-hmm. And then I... Um, interviewed joe and ellie from parks oh yeah and they kind of sat around one microphone and that was all right but they like quite close and then the aaron's thing i think was kind of i don't even know how i did that how how long it took but it, it was a thing but i think you you two are like obviously come as a unit but it's also quite separate personalities as yeah. well so i i it's gonna be you know hopefully not double the lengths but you know there'll be <laughs> twice as many answers so that'll be interesting oh, I love that so oh, oh Cardiff oh, oh. oh you just take yourself so seriously <laughs> I think that is a problem with Cardiff people do take themselves I, yeah seriously. it's really funny and but then you know I think we all used to take ourselves way too seriously I have never taken myself seriously okay. I can't because I will cry if I do yeah you're infallible <laughs> I just yeah. I definitely do I definitely did yeah I don't think I do as much as I used to on certain things like music I don't think I involve myself as much mm. and get involved as much now that I don't run a venue and I don't I don't DJ as often as I used to and it's too tiring it's really when you when you actually finally leave the little Cardiff nest the bubble you yeah you really do realize that like there is so much more going on and there's so much more that you could bring back that would be better than us sitting around here talking about the small mentality of of, of Cardiff people. And it's really sad sometimes to yeah. see it and you think, oh, you should just go out and see what other people are trying to struggle with. You know, like, yeah, we have trouble with like music venues and stuff in Cardiff, but have you been to Bristol? Like, have you been, have you been to Nottingham? They, like these guys have been having the same problem for years, but we're just not shouting. They're not shouting about it as much as we are, but also a lot of them are dealing with it a lot better than us. So maybe we should be taking tips from people around the country. I think as well though, because this is, this has all happened quite soon and in quite a short space of time. Everyone's quite sort of, oh, no, this is happening. We need to do that. So I think people are getting quite outraged by it. And it's like, let's be constructive and let's all work together, which is, you know... It's definitely a better attitude than what happened years ago with The Point and Barfly, which seems like a... R.I.P. Yeah, which seemed like... Two of my favourite venues ever. There's a whole generation that won't even know what you're on about. Well, people people have no idea. And for people of a certain age, Barfly for me was... My life, you yeah. know, we talk about bubbles. That for me, when I was eighteen, well, sort of Teen Spirit gigs, you know, yeah, exactly. I, I used to yeah. go to Teen Spirit gigs, you know, and then going to actual sneaking in. That's how I started. That's where I first met yeah. Spike, actually, when he oh, worked yeah. in the bar. Yeah. Barfly was my first biggest like loss yeah. in music. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know, that was a that was such a strange thing to lose, and because I wasn't even, I think I made me. I don't think I'd actually even been to a gig at club at that point. Well, maybe I'd been one or two. Yeah. But it didn't feel like, and it also didn't feel like Wembley Street was like the heart of stuff back then. Because there was only... Everything was quite spread out there. Yeah. When you think you, you did have the point, you had the exchange, like code exchange and stuff. Yeah. Um, so things were spread out. There was like, what was, there was a place down the bay. It wasn't the Anson Rooms. It was sounded like, I saw the Zootons there in like 2003 or four. I can't remember what it was called. And I saw one minute silence there as well. Lol. Try not to swear. No, oh no, you can swear. Oh, that's okay then. Because we swear quite a lot. 
only I square quite up. I got a mouth like a sailor. Obviously, not when the kids are around, yeah. but um, I get told off by my mum for swearing all the time. So, swearing in my family was so taboo that, like, I talking of Teen Spirit, the first time I ever like swore properly in front of my dad was when I forgot tickets to Teen Spirit and I said it under my breath That's very quietly. Amazing. I went, I went, fuck, like that. <laughs> and on the drive back to my parents' house to get the tickets, my dad was like, I can't believe you did that. And I was like, Shame. what? And then every time he said that word afterwards, it's like, oh, it's your favourite word, Dad. <laughs> yes, that's so good. Oh, what a way to wind you up. That's amazing. <laughs> when it's, yeah, when it's appropriate, it's fine. When it's between every other word, it's, it's different, isn't it? With Cardiff as well now, they are, you know, it's great. I love Wimby Street, you know. We've got these little sections. I remember when I used to work in retail because they've got the Castle Quarter, mm. the Morgan Quarter, all these bits and bobs. And I think they're trying to segment it a bit too much and it doesn't really... Mm-hmm. I, I think I preferred it when it was all blended and well, it was I think just it's fluid. You know? Yeah, they're just trying to... It's just an easier way to mark it, I guess. Yeah. But I, I was just thinking back um, about a couple of soons ago, I filled out some... I filled out some map and I think we all did a little map for joe o'connell did a um like a music history um map of cardiff Um, i'm not sure where the research is but like i think it'd be really good to like put that up now i think it could be really useful for people to see um that the landscape constantly changes and that we're all changing over the years and and sometimes you have to let things go i think that i think we've got to that point where sometimes you have to let things go for other things to grow and move because for me my like ones were Barfly, Glowbar used to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Glow, yeah. 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 Glowbar, which was amazing because um, down upstairs you could take your parents, or you can make your parents take you for a really nice lunch, a yeah. really like you know a a really 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 fancy lunch, and then in the nighttime you can go to really grimy drum and bass nights. But Glow was involved with soon as well. I remember Glow some did, of the early soons. Yeah, we did yeah. some pretty massive um, uh, house nights there for soon. Um, and I went to Buffalo and I very rarely went to club because I couldn't afford to go to the shows that were there because that was the next level. Um, mm-hmm. But level I didn't, up. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't go to shows in 10 feet at all because it wasn't, they weren't the kind of shows for me, but yeah. also they weren't doing undertone and stuff as well. That was, didn't exist. So I think sometimes you need to let things grow to like, and, and sometimes let go of the ones that you've lost so that you can make things move because we're not, nothing's, Nothing else is being built in Cardiff. Nothing new is coming out. No other new promoters are coming yeah, out either. So we're all on, just, yeah. yeah, exactly. We're fixating on what we have. Whereas I think I, I'm gutted about 10 feet tall and undertone. Don't get me wrong. But I do believe that it will help like the promoters because it means that people who are serious about putting on shows will seriously still put shows on. Like they will find a place to do it. They'll find another venue. Whereas these people who were putting them on because they were having free hire mm. or like were getting lazy and just hiring out the venue and not actually putting any effort into it, yeah. they will go and then actually we'll just get a better quality of music. I think the, yeah, and you, you're right because you see bands and you see promoters and stuff come and go. Like it's funny to even, you think about the promoters from like Barfly and stuff yeah. and the really good ones have just left Cardiff because... They were that good. Again, yeah. people of a certain age moving to London yeah. or Bristol or, you know, working for like your DHP or whatever or your MJR and moving up that way as well. Yeah. There's there's a turnover in Cardiff because it's it's never 
on its own going to be enough for some people mm. like for for us we stuck around because we've kind of i don't know like well family is a yeah. big factor also a sense of like i always need a sense of feeling comfortable somewhere and having roots put down so for me i mean i travel we we travel for work pretty much every week you know we we travel everywhere um but it's nice to have that i could never live in london it's nice to come mm. home to cardiff it you know does. I think it is kind of that. It, for me, it feels like small enough to be comfortable, but big enough to do something. Well, growing up, it was perfect because yeah. you'd have the city 10 minutes away, you know, and you could go to like the big shows or you could go to whatever because you've got like Motorpoint, which was the CIA then and stuff and all that. Uh, and, you know, I could go see massive, but like seeing Slipknot when I was 15. So yeah. like that's some 41. Um, but then, you know, I could go to Barfly as well. There was a, a broad range and it was like 10 minutes away from where I lived. So the other problem as well, though, I feel with people going away like we do for work, you go away and people put this massive pressure on you to like move. People put the pressure on We get constantly asked why we're not moving to London. Why don't we live in London? And like the London is basically Cardiff. They sit there and they think that that is the epicenter of the world. And then they're just like, why don't you live here? <laughs> and and I'm like, well, I can't buy a house in London. I can buy a house in Cardiff. Um, but just. <laughs> yeah, just about. just about. It's. I think we've we the small town thing, but I think a lot of the um, some of the other promoters that we were talking about who have moved away have gone to other places and, and gone. Maybe I maybe I was wrong. I shouldn't be staying in one place. Maybe I should be moving out to do bigger things. But they all come back. A lot of them come back. Well, yeah, we know like sound engineers and stuff that tour and tour and do this that and the other, but they all come back to Cardiff to live. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's because it's it's comfortable and it's it feels like a retreat away from that wider mm -hmm. world. Yeah, because it is, and it's important to have that. I think when you work in this industry and you work as a freelancer, I think it's important to have a base because it's easy to just get caught up in the pressure of oh my god, I need to find more work, or oh my god, I need to prove myself. And it's like if you're good enough, the work will come. We, we all know yeah it, yeah you know it, but that is the nature of freelancing it's it, not it's not all given to you on a plate and it doesn't all come at once but work hard at it and it, it prove yourself flows, yeah and, and it'll always be there you know because you know we've 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 all gone through patches where we'd like something's ended and we're like oh god what's coming next yeah of and course. it does it does come yeah. you just have to be kind of but it is we need to encourage that growth we need to encourage people to sort of come forward with those new ideas and with those new concepts and make something. Yeah, I'm always excited to see. I'm never like going, oh, this is never going to work. I'm always excited to see yeah. what someone's going to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like... Because what's the worst that can, could happen if you try? At yeah. the end of the day, you just I try know, something I'm, else. I'm you never going to be like, I never want to shut anyone down yeah. for trying to do something new. Absolutely. It's, it's That's how we change and that's how we learn. And Exactly. You know, I'm watching... You know, with the universities, especially, you watch the students try and start something and you go, oh, yeah, I remember when I was doing that and watching them make the mistakes. But that's how you learn as well. Yeah, we all did the same thing. Yeah. And without us starting and doing something new and we wouldn't have all the other things we have here. And the same with, you know, the guys that are around, like um, Tone Deaf Creatures, like what they're doing at the moment is amazing. And the shows there and the risks they're taking to put on good shows is great. And Luke 
as well. Yeah. Like Luke Christie. Yeah, is doing really well. Stevie Brain. Exactly. So he, you know, without people like them, then we wouldn't be doing, we wouldn't be having a new growth in music in Cardiff. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's kind of um, extending a legacy. And I think you, you know, I'm also seeing the hip hop stuff as well, like with Shutdown Show and, and Urban Done Differently. And it's things, things like that are like making me really encouraged because, you know, that stuff was kind of, usually hidden away in you know in venues more no one... underground yeah. yeah yeah like even yeah. like stuff that i was like oh that's actually a thing that's happening but that coming yeah. into the you know into the mainstream but we, we need all this to become part of the mix we need it all to come yeah. through and we need people to be aware of it you don't necessarily have to like it yeah but you should encourage it because it creates new but, things and it creates growth and i think i find the difference between cardiff as well between Cardiff and Bristol and London and stuff like that is that it's let people always talk about the fact there's clicks in Cardiff but I genuinely don't see it as bad as Bristol or as bad as London because I feel like especially with the way like people like don't really care that much about genre anymore and like listen to lots of different yeah. things but at the same time you wouldn't you'd have only one crowd going to one type of show in Bristol and the same in London whereas yeah. in Cardiff you just get a mix mm. and like people are willing to walk into the a venue yeah. on a Friday or Saturday night and hear whatever's going on in Cardiff yeah. whereas I don't think you often get that elsewhere Bristol very rarely mix genres on lineups yeah oh god yeah and that, which that's is a massive thing. shame yeah um, I feel like the indie the indie pop stuff sometimes does like when I've gone to shows in Kino they've like mixed a little bit more but it is still within a, like a larger subsection of, of music it's still indie with, yeah. whichever way you look at it well I was doing a club night in the lanes a couple of weeks ago and the person that I was DJing with was like, oh, there's some regulars here, so I have to play <laughs> this kind of music. And I was like, that's going against the aesthetic of your club night. So yeah. let's, you know, let's stick to the aesthetic of the club night and, you know. Yeah, because otherwise... So otherwise there's no point. Yeah. I mean, there's always the idea that, you know, if there's a gig and then you put on a... You start teaching afterwards, you're supposed to play... Something similar no, to... I love just playing whatever the <laughs> hell I want. Well, I, I, I love... I was saying this earlier about bring back the bar set where you can get away with playing whatever you want. There's no pressure of a dance floor. You can be as indulgent as you want and you can just play songs that you love. Don't get me wrong. I love a dance floor and I love playing songs to people and getting them dancing and I, you know, we dance ourselves and have a great time. But just taking people on a musical journey rather than playing Chelsea Dagger... <laughs> it's just seriously like please someone give I, me a bar set <laughs> I, yeah and i'm you know it, it seems like quite a, as people who work in the industry it seems like quite a niche one to do and like i'm always like really happy and impressed when i hear something i don't expect to hear when exactly I'm yeah out. you can't take as many risks though in the dance floor though yeah. you play one wrong song you can lose 50 people god yeah whereas and in I've, a bar I've, set it's so much more we've, fun. we've all seen it happen club nights have changed in the past 10 years massively on a saturday night in club top floor when i used to cover for the vinyl vendettas i was playing literally whatever i wanted and people would dance all night and now we know we have to stick to a certain sort of group of songs because if we don't, mm. people people want to hear what they know when they go out now. And do don't get us wrong, we do take risks. There yeah. are a couple of times where we I've taken a ourselves. risk and it's gone. You know, we've there are times where we've played things that we think would be obvious, like The Rat and... <laughs> New Year, Chinese New Year, The Rat by The Walkman. And we were just like, empty a floor. 
and or or I play the Foo Fighters, something you think would is universally obvious, and it would clear the floor. So we we are a lot more conscious about what we play, and we can't put in a lot of the new stuff because they're not always as yeah. receptive. Because they haven't heard it yet, or something. No, because they're flooded with. You think of Spotify or whatever, mm. and there's you know they people can listen to everything. It's amazing, but also it's not the same mentality as 10 years ago yeah. where you'd buy that Foles album and you'd go, I'm going to listen to this Foles album until the record wears out, you know, and you, and you would learn every single word. People aren't as loyal, I don't think, to an artist or to a song as it much took as they used to be. two years after the first Catfish album came out that we could actually play Catfish in a club night and keep people in. That's the level we're talking at for indie club nights and we see it across the board, you know. I've played indie club nights from Newcastle straight down to like Cardiff and we cannot you can't do it the it's same the same in london though as well isn't it all as the well. way through the, yeah like everywhere the only way place i find that doesn't kill you off is manchester but then they've got a different vibe but altogether you can't play pop punk in an indie in <laughs> a very in a indie indie yeah, it's very yeah. indie yeah, it's that to me just seems like you know people are so willing to be open to a lot of things but then they're and it is you're right it's a different mentality when you go out to a club you're expecting to hear certain songs yeah and it's it's funny you can put a keyword into spotify and find like just any like loads of people's playlists and i've done that a couple of times i've gone like seeing people oh, I do other all people time. listen to it's yeah. really really interesting yeah yeah no that's that's we like that is how i find a lot of new music i <laughs> if i hear something like say i'm listening to six music and i hear an artist i like i'll type it into spotify and then you can go on the radio station, which brings up similar artists yeah. and similar songs and things like that. And that is a good pathway to sort of finding new stuff. Yeah. But I, I literally mean like if you search like Cardiff, for example, on a, on a playlist, yeah. you'll get like Cardiff bands. But then you'll start seeing people going, oh, I'm going out in Cardiff. This is the song, music I want to listen to. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. really interesting. I oh, use wow. it for the football quite a lot because yeah. I... I, what I think people want to hear at the football is not necessarily what people do listen to at football. So, you know, Northern Soul is really massive for football and there's, you know, a lot of like the indie lad culture as well. But then there's loads of random stuff that I would never put in or there's songs that I don't know from chance. So I always put Wales football and then I'll come, it'll come up with people's playlists from when they were going off to go and watch the away games and things like that. And that's been really interesting. So that's been really useful. I find the Spotify is really useful for that. But and also, the FIFA soundtrack. And the FIFA, <laughs> oh, yeah, soundtrack. Always. The FIFA, FIFA soundtrack, soundtrack, which is now a lot more um, R&B, hip hop Yeah, it's changed yeah. over the last sort of five and, years, hasn't it? But they don't want that at the football. Yeah, they well, do not want that at the football. But it was like it was like when you started playing that everything everything song. I was like, why is it? Why is everyone so into this song? It's, oh, it's because it's on the FIFA soundtrack. Yeah, like, oh, that makes sense. Absolutely, <laughs> it's mad. Take me to the distant past. influential something like that because it is in the background yeah. and it is but people obviously spend a lot of time playing fifa and whatever so it does become ingrained yeah. and then all of a sudden they hear it when they're out like block party ratchet yeah like banger 
but yeah. not my favourite block party song. No. But you play it and you can tell the boys that play FIFA or the girls that play FIFA immediately because they start, their fingers start coming yeah, up, yeah. they start wagging. <laughs> they don't know the words, but they go, oh, yeah, it's yeah, from I know, FIFA. I know this one. Yeah. <laughs> Get ratchet! It's like in a certain way that kind of follows on from like the Tony Hawk's process. I was literally yeah, just exactly. about to say exactly the, the same. Tony Hawk's <laughs> exactly the same mentality. There's like. actually um, loads and loads and loads of FIFA playlists as well. Yeah. Um, when we we did a FIFA playlist when it was the ten years or something of yeah. FIFA, so we made a playlist for Spotify, and it's one of our most popular playlists on Spotify as well, mm. which is really odd. So funny. Um, and then there's just hundreds of them and people have tried to like sound trying to get every song from every soundtrack on yeah. there. A bit like GTA as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, that's that's good. With all the radio stations. Yeah, that's like, taking it to had, another level. Had that constantly on the pop channel. That's yeah. just like obvious. Yeah, because I remember there's a real big fish song on the version of FIFA I had, which is a long time ago now. It was like it was sell out with on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's on no. Oh, it's such a good one. <laughs> even asked the, the, the first question I, I was going to try and segue but then we just kind of went off sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. it's alright no no it's fine, it's we fine. Tend to I mean that. I as an interviewer I should be kind of fair um, I was going to so the first question I ask um, is do you have or what is your first like musical memory your first memory associated with music whether it's like something you heard or something you saw or whatever like do you want to go first? going back yeah um, I think mine is uh, my dad only ever had one CD in the car <laughs> um, and it was, um, uh, well, it was a cassette and then it was a CD, um, but it was the Beatles rubber soul. And I can remember like singing, baby, you can drive my car <laughs> to school yeah, most days. Baby, you can drive my car. Yes, I'm going to be a star. remember that whole album that's pretty much my first proper one and then I think um I remember my mum putting the record player in my bedroom in our old house and I had like a top of the pops record that I was allowed to play with and I had massive headphones with a big coil Amazing. cable and I can vividly like see that and my mum doesn't remember it but I I can remember these things I've got a weird a weird memory with like little things like that I can remember what color the door was and stuff it's a bit weird um, but yeah, that was probably my first, that's my first two actually. Yeah. What Top of the Pops record do you remember? It was on? Um, I just remember it was a record, so it must have been like... So as in like a vinyl? Yeah, yeah and I got a feeling there was a Michael Jackson one there, but I can't really remember, I can't really, I can't see it. I have to see it. I can't, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's quite blurry. There's someone on the front cover, yeah. but I can't tell you who it was. But I just remember the other one said Top of the Pops on it. Yeah. yeah, Mike going from MJ, mine is MJ. So my mum took me uh, to Cardiff Farms Park uh, 
when I was four and I saw Michael Jackson live. Wow, when you four. And it was amazing. Yeah. It was a dangerous tour. Yeah. So it was amazing. Um, so I basically sat on my auntie's shoulders the whole time, crisscross supported. Um, and I remember being really stressed out at the end because he had this gold sequin um, jacket on and then put a jetpack on, but didn't have a helmet on and oh. went up to space. And they was like, Michael Jackson has left the building. And I went to my mum, how is he going to breathe in space? Oh my God, he's not got a helmet on. And my mum was like, it's not real. So that shows you the kind of four-year-old that I was. Definitely, but I yeah. just vividly, I can close my eyes and see the stage and the production and everything. And it was incredible. It was amazing. And then the same year I went to see Take That in the CIA. And that was for the Take That and Party album tour. And I knew every single word and they didn't do kids t-shirts. So I was in a grown-ups t-shirt <laughs> and I was stood shouting the words. And my mum said, like, everyone around us couldn't believe that I knew yeah. every single word to every single song. But again, that that was my crazy memory, just memorising things. And I can literally smell, I can smell it and feel both those memories. So two ends of the spectrum, really. So that answers the one of the other questions, which is, which is your, well... Yeah, which is your first ever gig. Oh, yeah, so, there you go. There's so, mine, yeah. yeah, two in one. I think my first proper, proper gig was... I used to go to all these little gigs in Narbeth and stuff, but I don't really remember... Like, they were just things I did with my friends and mm. I don't really remember them. My first proper, proper gig was actually to go see Real Big Fish. And I took 35 friends uh, from wow. Pembrokeshire to Swansea <laughs> to see Real Big Fish in Bangwin Hall. I... I phoned up and pretended I was my mum and booked a coach and then oh, sold wow. tickets for a coach and then convinced our other friend's mum to buy us all the buy all the tickets and I was walking around school with hundreds of pounds in my pocket. Oh my god. Um I was sixteen at the time. And I yeah, we took loads of loads of our friends. We managed to fill the whole bus and we took everyone to see Real Big Fish, which was pretty cool. That's impressive. My friend got really drunk and passed out and had to have his stomach pumped in um, oh, hospital. God. And the boy that she'd only just met on the bus um, went with her and they've been married ever since. Yay! Oh, True love conquers all. <laughs> Two babies and a dog and everything. Two babies and a dog. Yeah. Well, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Is that kind of like the, the new Scar Revival kind of time? Uh, yeah. yeah yeah i think i've just made that up but like i remember like my sister was really into sky and like there's a band from new newport or like card of something called shooting goon yeah yeah, yeah. adequate seven shooting goon cap down yeah cap all the down. Moon, all the moon sky europe bands yeah. yeah well into that i used to see them all in barfly that was very my space yeah that i think was very... i was like really jealous of my sister going to see these bands even though i didn't really know anything about them i, was, yeah. I really want to do that i really yeah. want to go and see those bands yeah it's cool I, I looking back on it now, I didn't really enjoy m much of them apart from Real Big Fish. Like I enjoyed the show, I enjoyed the party, like yeah. Zebrahead and stuff were all playing. Oh my god, Less and Jake! Less I saw Less and Jake, Jake a million Jake. times. I yeah, they yeah. were my next one. I loved them, but yeah, I think I just enjoyed the party. I think it was just so much fun. It's a, like mm. it's electric watching it's, shows like that. It's not like. That kind of music is like so upbeat. It's kind of not. It's a party. Hard, hard not it's impossible to not feel happy and yeah. dancing around like an idiot. Yeah. Uh, and then the other question I kind of ask at the beginning is, um, it's quite key for you two being DJs. Is what was the first record you like chose to have? Not necessarily that you bought or like that was given to you, but like one you saw and you were like, I want to have that record. 
I, I remember mine. Do you remember? You, have you got to think about yours? Yeah. Mine was uh, Cher, the Shoop Shoop song on Seven Inch, where she's dressed as a mermaid. And I was like, I was literally like three or four. And I was like, Mum, I need that. And then I had like cassettes. I was I was really fortunate. My parents actively encouraged because my mum and dad both love music. They're not musical. They don't play instruments or anything, but they they feel really passionate about music. They yeah. always have. And um, to quote my mother, I love live music. Shout out to my mum. They always like made sure that there was like music on if we were having dinner rather than the TV being on mm. or whatever. We'd we'd have music on, you know. And it's always been central to my family. And they've always bought me. For birthdays or Christmas, I've always had a CD or a record or a cassette or whatever was going when I was growing up. So I was really lucky with that. That song was one of my absolute yeah, favourites for ages. Yeah. Still is. I still like it really. Why don't like... we play that? Right, that's it I now. don't know why Go we on. don't. Um, it's a banger. You don't know it? You don't know the Shoop oh Shoop You don't know in general? Oh my God. Or like you don't know the Cher well, version? No, I'm gonna, like, we so, have to so have words. What if... I do as a podcast is I all drop in clips. So when I edit this, I'm going to hear it. And, I'm, and then I might go, oh, I know it, or I don't know it. And you, like, you hun- that's where it is. Yeah, you Amazing. 100% oh, yeah. know that song. It's basically... Is it in his eyes? Oh, no. Yeah, it's just share. There you go. Yes, oh, I do know yeah. it. Yeah. I do oh, know it. Oh, my God, for that. We could have had to end this right now. Yeah, of course I know that. you got to do the shell voice. And I'm pretty sure I danced to it when I went to dance school. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a there you go. dance yeah. school song. Yeah, definitely. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, yeah I, um, oh, I can't remember what my first... I think... I can't remember what my first one was, but I was always the same. I always used to get a CD for Christmas and birthdays and I'd I'd have like a list and I'd wait oh, for right. things. Yeah. Um, and also if my uncles came into town, they like my mum, they would ring my mum and say, what, what do the girls want? Like I buy, they would always buy us presents and always ring my mum and pick up cassettes and stuff for us. So I had like bags and bags of single seat, single cassettes, cause singles, cause singles. Cause singles, uh, cause singles. Um, I've got loads of Craig David ones. Yeah. Um, but I think my first proper like absolutely begged for was probably S Club Seven. Um, and I think that's when I realised I really loved singing and like loved music, and it was just brilliant. And it was just every I'd waited so long as well. I was so excited, <laughs> so so excited. Also, we both formed a love over. Um... Billy Piper's Honey to the Bee album. Yes. Which we... Oh my same. God. Yes. Oh my God, go. same. We used to learn <laughs> dance routines in school, in the playground. I used to do dance routines. Um, oh I yeah, loved... do dance routines for anyone that would watch. Wait, yeah. but have you listened to, to that album since? Yeah, we quite often play yeah. okay. because we Fair want enough. to. I think <laughs> I went back and listened to it a while ago and I was like, oh, this isn't as good as I remember it being. <laughs> We listen to, well, well, we, when I say we, I mean I, um, <laughs> when we do long drives home from somewhere and I'm really tired and I can't stay awake, I'll say to Stacey, you can go to sleep, but you have to put on this album. The Cause, and we have Shania the- Twain. Yeah. Absolute bangers the cause, after bangers. The, the, the Cause, we, we, really spent, enjoyed we really enjoyed singing <laughs> on the way home from Latitude once. The Cause. Yeah, that yeah. We had, oh, and we did Hearsay. Oh, uh, um, yeah. 
Um, I can't remember what else we were listening to. We did a couple of S-clubs. We did a um, we did a karaoke. We did a playlist for Spotify, didn't we? Karaoke bangers, so like Kar- Vanessa Carlton, a thousand miles, and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Absolute bangers. See, I all the when I have to drive bands around, they're all too cool for that. They won't play stuff like that. Oh no, they 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 will. You drive is your choice. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. It's the person in the front seat. No way. Mm. Nope. Um, that person in the front seat's got to fall asleep. Well, that, so you may as well play the song so, you want to hear. And we're coming back from Focus Wales with um, Hannah and Louise, and Hannah would put on like a pop playlist, and then her Spotify would just then do that thing where Spotify just plays. Yeah. And so they had fallen asleep because they were drunk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Off the record. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I, and it just like started just playing like pop. And you're right, like that stuff keeps you awake. Definitely keeps you awake. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like so energetic, and like you go, oh yeah, yeah it's great. You just and, sing yeah. along to it. Yeah. I actually know what my first my first proper record thing okay. was as well that I asked for, which was um, Eternal doing a song for Hedgeback. Oh, the Hedgeback and Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got their version of When You Wish Upon a Star is on it. Yeah. And I absolutely loved Eternal. My mum loved Eternal. My my mum loved loved anything like that on the radio. So, yeah, I think Eternal. And then then when I remember asking, specifically begging for stuff was like when S Club. Do you remember like Smash Hits magazine and you you would get a cassette with it? Do you remember getting the the cardboard pullout? Of, of lyrics on the back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was my favourite. Wow. Yeah. Um, I used to keep photo like albums. Like a folder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. With them in. You laugh, but... You laugh, That's, but we all... Yeah, people yeah, have, yeah, yeah. people have a certain age. They keep on saying that. Oh, my God. Oldies like us who were very print-based oh, when we grew it. up. And, like, I mean, when I was nine, on my bedroom wall, I had um, Keith Flint from Prodigy, Jarvis Cocker, and take that all next to each other. <laughs> Gaz from Supergrass, because it was like prevalent at that time, you know, it was all in your top of the pops and smash hits magazines and stuff. It did used to cover quite a broad range. That Supergrass tour has got the Coral supporting. That is the Junior most Junior Bill like, supporting on Saturday. Shandy. Amazing. What is supporting the Supergrass? That's amazing. Holy moly, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Anyway. That's very cool. Speaking yeah. of discussing indie throwbacks, I'm going to see Razorlight and the Kaiser Chiefs on uh, Friday night. <laughs> In the motor point, yeah, it's it's a revival, isn't it? With my mum and dad. But the the problem about you said like playing that share song, the problem is you'll play it and go, how many people in this room were alive when this was released? But I think you can get away with because that's a cover of a cover. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can kind of get away, but yeah, we have we have problems like what's the songs we would what were we talking about the other day? Beating our baby. Heart Baby, we can't play that. Yeah, Head Automatica, one of our all time favourites. Can't play that anymore. People just. Yeah. It's a great song. It's not just a good I just, song. I just remember it specifically because when I went to Brighton and we went to this night called Shit Pop, which is a 
I hated the idea of it being called shit pop because pop is Anyway, but they played the first single I ever chose, which was Quit Playing Games With My Heart by Battery Boys. Banger. Oh, amazing. And I was in there going, God, I bought this. And I went, there's a lot of people in this room who weren't alive when this I can actually <laughs> see that video. Yeah. They, yeah. they mould into each other and stuff. Yeah. My sister was in the pub. My sister's 19, so she's a young'un. And um, she sent me a Snapchat of her and her friends singing I Want It That Way. And I said, Emily, you were not born when yeah. this album came out. And I had this album and you were not born. I was an only child when this album came out. You were was not that, born. What is this? Was that? So hang on. 99? I, I don't. Oh, no, I don't think I had the album. I had a couple of the singles. Like I had um, Backstreet's Back. Obviously. Yeah. Banger. Yeah. And I was just like, what's this line about being sexual? I don't understand yeah. this. I'm seven. Well, to become one by the Spice Girls, yeah. I had to but ask my was, mum what that meant. That's way more subtle than... I want to make love to you, baby. I said to my mum, yeah, mum, what does that mean? And yeah, she I looked at me know. like, having sex. And I was like, oh my God, how can they... I was outraged. How can they talk about that on the radio, mum? I was fuming. I was proper fuming. Amazing. It's like when I worked out, there's a... The, um, Laura, I think, both of the sisters. Yes. There's a line in that that's like, the it's voice altered, but because it's voice altered, they don't censor it. Yeah. Which is really, I always thought it was really funny that they were playing on the radio. I was yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. a swear word. You just yeah, put yeah. swear word on the radio. <laughs> I, was, I was like really shocked. By yeah. It. Yeah, there we go. Kay, you grew up in Pembrokeshire. Yep. And you grew up in Panath, Panath with mm-hmm. where we are now. Um, It's kind of, for people not aware, I mean, most people listen to podcasts are from Wales so they know where that is but I do get occasional listeners from outside hello international, international listeners, listeners. <laughs> not many so w- one is in south west Wales and the other is in south east Wales they're different sort of different like politically but not yeah I mean I don't know maybe I'm not aware of enough of where exactly but that's what I think of when I think of Pembrokeshire yeah yeah, well, it's the end of the line, if you think about it. It's like the end of the M4, it's end of the motorway. So we are right at the bottom of Wales and right at the end. Um, so it has got quite a small town mentality, but also um, gets a lot of travellers because we get everyone coming over from Ireland because I live in I live in Pembrokeshire, which is the ferry port. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's two massive oil refineries. And when I was a kid... No one I knew spoke Welsh because everyone was, yeah, everyone had come down for work, everyone had moved from London or Southampton or Peterborough or wherever, and moved all their parents had moved down in the 80s for work to come and work for Shell and Texaco, which don't exist now. But, um, yeah, it was it was weird it was like and lots of people end, coming on holiday as well, yeah, yeah, it's the very end of Wales, so you think it's the most. Mm. Welsh you could possibly be but actually not not Welsh at at all all. so it's a really odd place when you think about it and yeah we you know I grew up in Tembe which is a tourist town and so we just not have friends that were very Welsh inherently Welsh we were all from a bit of everywhere and Mm -hmm. everyone I worked with in the pub um, was from all sorts of places so it was a it was a really interesting place to be growing up because you just met so many different kinds of people yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really, I still love it. It's still one of my favourite places. But you are quite cut off. Like we are, you know, an hour and a half away from the nearest city, from Swansea, um, and then from Cardiff, two hours away. Yeah. So, you know, you are quite cut off from the big town stuff. And I think that's what made me want to move to Cardiff so much. Mm-hmm. And I, when I went to uni, like that's why I 
chose to come to Cardiff because it was, it was I needed to be somewhere more central and more um, alive, I guess. Because mm-hmm. ours was quite seasonal, so we didn't, you know, things didn't happen in the winter. So I suppose so. And then like Panath is kind of like it's ha- two stops from Cardiff Central yeah, on the train. Yeah, it's like so close, and then it's quite Welsh. I mean, it's changed over the years. Um, so what I think of at the moment is it's quite Welsh. So there's lots of young families here now. It's got a thriving sort of um, Welsh language community. I did the Hen Galan, which is rolling the giant's head down the uh, cliff tops, which is amazing with my kids um, and all the kids from Penagath Welsh School, which was loads of fun. I mean, when I moved here, I was seven. So, but it was deemed like an old people's kind of <laughs> retirement community almost. Yeah, like by and the, there wasn't by very the much. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there wasn't really much happening, um, which is why I used to kind of escape to the city most weekends and stuff when I could. As soon as I could get on a train on my own, I was in Cooper's mm-hmm. Field every. <laughs> I'd like to point out I was not drinking cider like most people there because my mum will listen to this. I wasn't. I promise well, you. Well, I know, but I'm just thinking about. Well, yeah. Well, you you might have been doing it. I was terrified doing stuff like that. When yeah, I was no, I mean, I didn't. I was terrified when I first encountered it. I was. I like, was, I was my privy friends to are it, drunk, what but I never hell? used yeah. to do it. Yeah. Okay. Also, I looked like Avril Lavigne till I was twenty-one, so um, <laughs> I would never have got served. So, <laughs> I was like, so what, what? try, try. I could have tried if I wanted, but yeah, it was it was really easy and really nice growing up because you know if you wanted to go to the beach, the beach is like two mm. minutes away. Or you could go to the city and you had all of that on your doorstep. So I feel quite privileged to have lived somewhere so close. So, yeah, it's a good place. Yes, it's nice. And then, so, like, when did both of you start DJing? Uh, I was 19. Ben Potter. I used to work in the Virgin Megastore. I used to look after um, related products, which is anything that isn't a CD or a DVD. And then I used to look after the vinyl section as well. And, I was just thinking, um, what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> those in retail would know that. Wow. Um, so I worked there and Ben Potter said to me, do you want to come and play some songs in Buffalo? You've got records, you like music. And I went, huh, what? Okay, yeah. And then uh, I went and I was like, uh, James Morgan Reese, Blue Henny was playing before me and I was like, hello, I'm really sorry. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Can you just show me? I'm just going to play some records and have a nice time. And I literally just learned on the fly. Um, And Jules, one of the bar staff in Buffalo, gave me two bottles of red wine, so that really helped. Um, (laughs) And uh, from that point on, I was DJing and I've not stopped since, you know. So, And then people offering, oh, do you want to come in? Or Chill was like, do you want to come and play in club? Um, we used to do, me and my friend Danny, who was a Coopersfield friend from when I was about t- 13, 14. Um, we used to play on the middle floor on a Wednesday night because it used to be sold out to students yeah. on a Wednesday night. And we'd play um, electro and like cool, less obvious so I remember, stuff. I remember being there once on a Wednesday night and being like, it's Wednesday, why is everyone here? And then when I started working in club, the Wednesday was just that was non-existent. Yeah, Wednesday used off. to be yeah. the one. I Wednesday. wouldn't even go out on a weekend. I'd just yeah. go Wednesdays. Pop, pop scene um, on a Wednesday. Because Jen Long used to DJ the top floor. We used to have a great time. I loved that. Yeah, that was before I started DJing. Um, yeah, and then just uh, did lots of residencies. I used to DJ five nights a week at one point, And that was a bit much. Because I used to like a bit of a drink when I DJed. Uh, and then... 
I was like, oh, this is no fun anymore. I'm starting to feel the pressure. I'm going to pack it in. And that was also for mental health reasons as well. Um, and then lo and behold, I uh, bonded with Kaylee on a drunken night out over Natalie and Brudia's torn. <laughs> and I was like, hey, you're cool. You like what I like. Let's play records together. Yep. And, and the rest, yeah, Girl Talk's been going strong for six years and a bit now. Yeah. So when did you start DJing? I started DJing when I went to uni and I found Fun Factory. And I used to DJ in the side room playing pop punk and just noisy rock. Uh, we used to have a communal CD co- a CD case um, <laughs> and everyone used to join in. So if anyone wanted to play come and play songs, you'd either go and bring your own CDs and you'd come with a little wallet of CDs or you'd play off these communal ones. And I was running... I, I was running the band stuff and putting the bands on as part of Live Music Society because I was running that at the time. And then if no one from Altsuk would turn up, then I'd come and play the songs. And I, I just learned very quickly from there as an accident. And I always thought I was going to just do music, like putting on gigs and stuff. And then I ended up doing a lot more DJing that way. I used to absolutely love it. And then I used to play for all my friends' parties. I used to we used to come and hire some CD players and just play like noisy rock and stuff at people's house parties. And then I started working for Buffalo and I needed to learn how to set up DJ stuff as part of my job, but also DJs wouldn't turn up on time. So I just used to have like a collection of CDs and a couple of compilations so I could DJ until DJs turned up on a Friday night. I like to point out that I always turned up on time. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, and and so, yeah, I started doing a bit of that and that was the first time I started playing properly out outside of house parties. And I was always, I always made playlists as like someone who used to like write life journal stuff and write for music magazines and things. I always had playlists. So I was always, always making music, like music playlists and stuff for parties. And then I started covering for my friends in different places. I used to DJ in... Goody Who was the first time I properly played records because we were so cool and hipster. We used to <laughs> DJ for... Um, oh, you'd take five hours worth of records out with you. Honestly, my arms would fall off. Yeah, well, as in... See, you keep saying records, you mean vinyl. Yeah, right? vinyl. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's all on USB or on laptop. I know, I know. But like, to me, when you, when someone says record, I'm like, what are you actually Sorry. Okay, Sorry. I used to bring vinyl, wear yeah. a 60s vintage dress and play at craft <laughs> nights, as in craft, sewing, craft, sewing, oh, crochet oh, wow. nights. Oh, my God. But, but it was, again, a bar set vibe, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, you could yeah. play whatever you wanted. You could do that niche, that specialist thing. Yeah, I used to do it all the time. They were the best. And I used to get paid in gin. <laughs> um, because my friend at the time was also was the manager and he needed someone so I did it and in return like if I needed someone to jump on a door he'd come and do it so we all helped each other but I was DJing that and then I started and then some, the first time I realised I could DJ properly was um, one of our main DJs cancelled on us on one of the Six Nations nights in 10 feet tall and I just went oh well I guess I'll have to do it and me and the other event manager, James Hamilton, we just downloaded loads of new chart because we didn't own chart because we didn't listen to chart. And we just downloaded it all and we DJed six hours straight uh, to a full room in 10 feet tall. And it was Ramo and us when I went, yeah, I can do this. This is what I'm going to do. And so, yeah, I started DJing. Um, ben Potter, uh, who has helped both of us 
Um, ben Potter was the one for me because um, I lost my job in Buffalo, didn't know what to do. And I went to Greenland. That's when you started doing Saturdays with me as well. Yeah, I lost, I, I didn't know what to do and I went to Greenman and Chill was there and he said, why don't you come and DJ in club? There's a guy called Ben Potter who who needs someone to cover the end of his shift for him. And it turned out we knew each other from Barfly. And yeah, I started doing that. And then I started, when I was doing that, I met Stacey again. Like we'd already worked together, but we hadn't really spoken or done much. And then we started hanging out a bit more and then... Yeah, when the new management took over in Buffalo, we decided to come and DJ together. And it was great. We used to get mega drunk. <laughs> I'd like to point out, we... It's like your fourth pointing out. I'm just pointing things out constantly. We used to play a game, can we beat the upstairs DJ? And we'd have people, it was... Sorry, Nick's Rich T. We yeah, used to beat we you love all you, the time. We love you, Nick Rich T, but we were better at the time. Um, we used to have people clearing... The, the room of tables downstairs in Buffalo to create a dance floor. We'd have people dancing on the tables. This was where I used to start, I was playing like 90s R&B. Because, but only after one o'clock. Because, well, it was R&B o'clock, obviously. No, <laughs> no one I knew was playing that music in a, in a like... We were the only one. And it was, some, it, it was something that I knew I loved and I grew up listening to. So I started, before I started DJing with Kay, I, I was, that was my Buffalo Saturday night set. I would do the indie stuff on the Friday and then from one o'clock on a Saturday it would be R&B o'clock and then that was it. And obviously Kay and I had bonded over sort of mutual love for that genre and the songs and stuff. French and disco. More, more of the girly R&B stuff. Mm. Um, and we started less than the, rather than the yeah, pop yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we just used to get hammered and just sing and shout. And I think for me, DJing is ultimately a projection of yourself like I've never been able to just stand there when I DJ. Mm. I've never been able to play songs that I hate. I mean, I don't like Oasis, but there are songs that I will play because I quite like them. You know, stuff like that. And I, I think obviously it's changed as time's gone on and you have to adapt to it, the different needs of a club night or whatever. But it, it has always been that projection and people are always like, oh my God, you always look like you're having so much fun when you're DJing in your pictures and whatever. And I think we try and do that as well. And we've tried to do that with Girl Talk um, is trying to encapsulate that fun in a brand and sort of, you can, I mean, people go, that is so girl talk. You know, they, they know what it is. They look at us being mm-hmm. silly to some, yeah. but we have the best time. Well, I, I mean, there's this whole idea of like, I'm very being very basic about it. There's mm. two types of DJ. There's the one that like, you don't really notice. And then there's the one that's like, you ca- you came to see. Yeah. And I think you two like fall in kind of the middle of it. Because what you're really there is most of the time you're there to DJ for a dance floor yeah. rather than to be the centre of attention of yeah. like some DJs. But then just by being who you are and what you do, you do tend to draw attention as well. Yeah, people, yeah. yeah. I've, yeah I've had it's people the only say way that to us <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah, it's the only way people are going to remember you. Like yeah. you can be like a kind of um, constant reliable kind of DJ, but then, you know, oh, who's that? Who's that person who... who DJ's kind of all right. Yeah. But then with you two, it's like you kind of knew, oh, let's brand this. And it's also the female aspect of yeah. it as well. Which I mean, which is, you kind of... I it's mean, hard. It's it's a blessing and a curse because people come up to you and they go, oh, oh, can I... What, what are you doing? But then you, you know. mentioned like Vanna Vendettas earlier. Oh, they paved the way, you know, yeah. with, without without that crazy bunch there's, there's plenty. There are plenty of girl DJs that are. There really are. It's not hard. But I think you, you kind of, instead of 
just being DJs, you took the fact that you're women and, and ran with it. Yeah. And also just the aesthetic, like the brand yeah. sequins and stuff. And, you know, and just. Yeah, that, that's kind of. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it's making like, it yeah. a full package as opposed to. Because for years, I personally had been DJing. I've DJed with girls, different girls or different women, different people, you know. And I was like, oh, maybe we should wear matching. Mm. And they'd be like, no. <laughs> and I'd be like, come on. And I DJed with my old housemate Claire once. And we wore matching outfits and I was like, this is really cool. We yeah. should definitely do this again. And then I was like, okay, I've got this weird idea. Can we wear matching clothes? And she was like, yeah, I'm well up for that. Let's do it. I love it. And then, and look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> Today is actually the first day I've turned up to your husband. I'm not wearing the matching. same things as you. Yeah. Which is, oh, hang on. Oh, you've got does... stri- she's got a stripy top oh, on. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. It happens all the time. Right, turn so up to the house. On Kay's Instagram, she'll be wearing something. Or on my Instagram, I'll be wearing something. And then I'll text her or she'll text me. Or the next time we see each other, I've bought that. <laughs> she wore a shirt the other day and I didn't think that... She'd end up with like this pink thing, and I was like, I can't believe you bought that. I literally, I don't, I, I've had that in my cupboard for ages. But I it, worn it. I've had it in months it as was... well, because for months, because I've been waiting to wear it as yeah. well. It's just funny. You just, just really funny how it happens. But yeah, yeah, I think with um, with club nights though, when they stick you on a stage, there is there anything more boring than watching a DJ yeah. just playing on their phone, but also like. It adds to the experience and stuff. If you're having a good time, they'll have a good time. And it really does make a difference. So yeah. that's why we do what we do. Like and the, also because we love it. Yeah. Because, yeah, do. and, you know, the short amount of time I have... Well, I say it's a short amount of time. It was quite a long amount of time I spent in DJ booths where I shouldn't have been in them. Um, I've enjoyed that kind of aspect of it. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, so it's, you know, why wouldn't you just stand there? It's kind of, for me, it's almost the same thing as sound engineers that don't enjoy their job. Yeah. I hate that. Like... Kay said I to told me, you off yeah. the other day. Well, no, well you, not you, told you, you tell off. me off, I forewarned but you, you warned me about not ending up like a certain sound engineer, which we're not going to mention. And I was like, yeah, I just don't understand that mentality. And I think, you know, you could end up being a DJ that just like literally does it to get paid and not enjoying it. I mean, yeah, there's also the danger of being too much of a showman. Yeah. And being <laughs> too over the top. One of my favorite things is this. Uh, there's this YouTube channel called People of Boiler Room, but it like it kind of go it like yeah. shows like a lot of things, and it's like this one crazy like house DJ that's like just that's him. That's all he does is like just go nuts and. and, and I think I think you can go nuts and you can actively um, have a good time. You don't necessarily have to showboat to the crowd constantly, mm. and that for me, if people are showing off, I don't like showing off. I re- I it, can't it, deal with but it. Yeah, it's. It's you have to be kind of in line with what the audience. Yeah, of course, like. of course. Some anyway, people do. I think. I think maybe it's just because I don't feel comfortable doing it more than anything. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, although after a couple of gins, that might be different. But <laughs> but that's the thing. Like when you feel comfortable, like going crazy. And I remember standing on the scaffold in the in the club and yelling at people. <laughs> we've <laughs> which, all been there. Yeah, which I probably shouldn't have done. And like, we've all been there. Probably didn't help things, but. Um, but on the flip side of that as well, like what you were saying about, you know, it's not very fun if they're standing there yeah. and they're not enjoying it. The same thing with the engineers. It, I've always said to myself that if I get to a point where I don't enjoy a set and I'm doing it just for the money, that's mm-hmm. when I need to leave. Mm-hmm. And I've walked away from sets. I have yeah, walked away from too. really comfortable, regular sets. Easy yeah. residencies. Because I don't yeah. enjoy it. 
It's not worth the hassle. But that, you know, that's us being privileged as well, mind. Having, being able to turn down work. Because, yeah, I think, because, yeah, you'll end up in certain situations which, you know, you're not getting a response from the crowd. You're not wanting to play the stuff that, not necessarily that you want to play, but you just, it just doesn't feel right to play that stuff or the stuff you kind of think would work. But if you fall out of love with something, you know, a set or whatever, you just, there's no point really. But then you're right as well about like the whole kind of privilege thing. It's kind of like people end up doing these, these jobs in the creative sector because they just don't want to, they can't do anything else. Yeah, they don't, yeah. They don't want to do anything else. But I also think that they that you should you should if you are seeing yourself getting stale and stagnant and and bored of something, then there's other people who are desperate to get exactly. their foot in the door. And yeah. like, God, so yeah. if anything, I was quite happy to. There was one particular set that I gave up, and I asked them if they could take someone on because I knew that they needed the chance mm. to to move on to another another club and I knew that they would thrive and and I felt good then I'd be able to pass it on in the same way that Ben Potter passed you know my first ever job on to mm. me like he knew that he wasn't going to be able to carry on doing the late nights on the Friday you know and he wanted to make sure that it was going to someone who needed to, who wanted to do it and who needed the experience and so I was really lucky and I'm always really thankful of that so whenever I want whenever I get to the point where I think I should leave then I always think that's what I should be doing. I do think that Ben Potter is one of the nicest people in terms of that though he he always is so inclusive and always Oh, come down, play some records, come down, do this, come down, do that. He always wants everyone to have a good time. Like he's doing soul time at the moment with Gareth Potter. And he's always like, if you ever want to come down and play some records, come down. And it, it looks so much fun. It looks amazing. But I've always got the kids when it's on, which is well <laughs> annoying. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, but he's always, he's one of the only people I can honestly say without an agenda, without anything and always just wants everyone to be involved and truly does bring people through and, and try and stimulate that growth within the scene as well. Massively underrated in Cardiff. Like, no one realises how much he's actually done for the Cardiff scene. He ran yeah. Barfly, he ran events in Buffalo and 10 Feet Tall. Yeah. He, you know, he established he's been club DJing for years and years, for and years. years. Yeah. And he's and he's helped so many people like us. And he was part of the Blur fan club in the 90s. Yeah. Head up. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you kind of see new people come in and they don't I'm not like going, oh, like you young people don't understand like what it used to be like or like you don't understand how lucky you are. But like it's very very easy not to know how something started or like the, of course the basis of, of course of because you you take something as face value i'm sure there's bits that i don't know from before my time yeah. but i i always try and make sure that i educate myself i'm always interested to hear like about like what club was like back before i yeah knew exactly, and stuff. And it's exactly. Like, and, and the way like you know because welsh language music built that venue essentially 100 yeah, percent but as you know, we were saying earlier about club about you know it was more expensive and it was kind of and now it seems like way more accessible than it ever has been. Yeah, just kind of won't say too much about that. But. I think that's got. I think that's a lot of factors though. I think the the level of shows that were co- going on in club at the time because we had loads of smaller venues, mm. they could afford to take the bigger gigs. There was a difference in sort of the leveling. Yeah, there mm. was. Different tiers so, of venue, yeah. yeah. You know, I didn't go and I don't think I went to see, 
I think the first thing I went to see in club was something like Foles. on the up yeah so that you, you were already on a 10 pound level mm. gig um whereas barfly i is the place i would go that- if i was going to watch a three pound show um, oh yeah and just drop in and yeah, see yeah, any yeah. band yeah. yeah you could turn up which, is, do that in which is kind of you know there's there was so many of those like three pound shows now but now you it's there you know few and far between compared to like well, I don't know. It's, that's well, cool. we've gone through so many different kinds. Like three pound shows used to be huge for Cardiff Arts, Barfly, Buffalo, Tenfoldville, and then they all went because everyone started deciding that they no one would pay for stuff. So we went through a phase of mm. everyone doing free shows, yeah, and that killed off a lot of us. And as a promoter at the time, it was it was crippling. Like it was really hard to try and make my job survive. To give people something completely for free. Especially mm-hmm. when you had people expecting from you, like with those venues, to programme so much every day of the week. There was always something going on with Tenfi and Buffalo mm. and Cardiff Arts when Cardiff Arts existed. There was always so much happening every, literally every day of the week. It was more of a, um, a community space rather than a gig venue. You know, yeah. there was other stuff happening all the time. Like you'd had the art shows downstairs in yeah. Undertone and Someone... stuff like that said to me maybe yesterday or the day before they were like going oh yeah like free for all like having a show every day that's like that's crazy that's crazy i'm like it used to be like that all the time it did. in about five different venues yeah I, like, I would have up to 40 events a week over four venues and 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 that's including like a cafe bar that i would have to program events for at least once a week yeah. and it was a struggle with no money with no budget we really struggled and you wanted top quality people were expecting quality oh, yes yeah. Because we were meant to be the ones that were showing the way, but you know, club already had had the capacity, so they were getting the bigger shows. Mm. They were they had the capacity, so they were the bigger venue, so they were fine in our in our eyes. It was us who were in the hundred fifty cap hundred venue zone that was struggling hard. And then the moon, when the moon first opened as well, like as as it was the first time. Like I I literally remember the day I got the fly the flyer through when they first opened and I was like, this is gonna kill us. As Buffalo, this was gonna kill us. So, you know, it was a struggle for all of us at the time. And um and it it amazes me when people start talking about things now and I I always sort of sit back and go oh well do you know do you know what it's going to be okay because it was okay for us back then yeah and they don't realize that we both of us used to be promoters for all the venues that they 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 used to love Mm. and we have to kind of explain to them you know we've been through it you're going to get through it it's going to be fine it'll just change we'll all change and adapt and you know whether that means bringing new venues to the fore and finding different spaces to put shows on or whatever, or different places to yeah. go out. We we can, as a community, as a creative community, we need these spaces, so we will create them. For me, what I've seen as well, like with when Buffalo and Goody Who and those things closed, I saw so much more footfall going to gigs after that. Yeah. And I don't know if that happened after like the point at Barfly closed because they didn't, I don't know, it was, it was strange. There wasn't, there was like, you seem there seemed to be a music scene and people went to gigs from yeah. the music scene, but now it just seems like everyone goes to gigs. 
Do you wonder though, because the venues have closed, that they're not being spread out to different venues, so they well, are being but then that's targeted. De- that's definitely, you know, that's also what's happening. And I, I think also because it's um, at the forefront of the media as well. You've got Save Womanby Street, you've got yeah. Save Goody Who, Guildford Crescent. You, you've got all this Save Ten Feet Tall. People are actively seeing it. The amount of texts I got from family members who don't necessarily go to gigs, yeah. but oh my god, ten feet tall, what? You know, and. People are noticing it, which is really good. Maybe that is, oh, maybe we should go yeah. to a show. I remember specifically watching, there was this TV show. I think it was like a Channel 4 or something show. And it was about like different um, cities, music scenes. And it was just after Barfly closed. And Matt Horn was going around yeah. like, like interviewing like Kids in Glass House Funeral for Friends. I stuff. remember that show. Yeah, and I was like going, how can they bang on about the, oh, it's the strongest it's ever been when like these venues have just closed down. But but you look at it then yeah. in comparison to now. Yeah. Now. And it's like, yeah. you know, even though it seems weakened, it's actually much it's stronger. Different. It's, different. Yeah, it's just it's different. It's not better or worse, I would say. It is different. And it's yeah. something that is constantly evolving, just like the whole world is changing at a rapid pace. And I think you, as time goes on, you do think, oh, shit, what's happening? You know, but it'll be fine. Fortunately, I kind of have to wrap up because you have to head off to our different oh sorry modes no it's Va- fine it's like engagements I know, I know. for the rest of the of, day it's been great i kind of want to do a part two at some point then <laughs> um so the the questions i end on uh it's like more like a current thing and then i could kind of tell things so um what is something you've both or either of you been listening to recently that you're really enjoying king princess <laughs> Love her. I love anything that Mark Ronson has produced anyway. <laughs> I'm a bit obsessed. She wants to marry him. I want to marry him. <laughs> so Ali. Um Yeah, uh, King Princess. Yahe, is it Yahe? I can't ever say her name right. Immediately pulling up Spotify. Um, <laughs> it's so easy to go, oh, what yeah, have I to The spelling is Y A E J I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of like it's that kind of Jaipur type sound and it's great um yeah that at the moment and then I just listen to like 80s <laughs> a lot um so I really like the band legs they said l-e-g-double-s they sound like um the rakes for people again oh, of a certain age rakes, yeah. so like art school kind of jangly gang of four-ish um, with like a bit of shouting rather than singing. It's a bit weird. Uh, my youngest daughter, Edie, is well into it as well, uh, which is nice because my eldest daughter just likes Frozen 2. Um, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Frozen 2 soundtrack, but Weezer <laughs> and Panic of the Disco are on it as well. Into the unknown. 
Um, and I really like my favourite single from last year was the Confidence Man single. Does it make you feel good? pop fun um yeah and then I've been revisiting a load of stuff because l- lots of the bands I liked maybe 10 years ago are doing like tours so like I've been listening yeah. to Darwin D's because we're I'm going in love, May I love to see Darwin D's in Thecla you are a radar detector I drive a thousand miles an hour I won't Um, and obviously foals and uh, stuff. So just trying to keep abreast of new stuff, but also trying to like jog your memory of all the things remaining nostalgic as well, you know. So yeah, doing a bit of both. Cool. And then the final question is kind of one that some people like answer really quickly and some people just can't answer, which is what is, do you have or what is your favourite record of all time? Yeah, best song in the world. Womack and Womack teardrops. Footsteps on the dance floor. Anything upbeat that is sad just grabs me. So, yeah, that for me. Weezer Blue album. You can listen to it all the time. I, and which is a really bad one is I absolutely love that Maroon 5 songs about Jane album. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even sorry I about mean... it. five record that you're allowed to like i think it's okay <laughs> i used to listen to it at the same time as that outcast album with the double album love oh, below speak, yeah speak what's love below yeah, yeah. 
I used to be at the same time. I I class them as equal. Yeah. If we're talking long player, for me, Interpol Antics, every time, without a doubt, I can listen to it start to end, sing all the words, cry all the way through. It's perfect. Can you see what you've done to my heart? I I saw them at Royal Albert Hall and Connor managed to blag us to meet Paul Banks and we went to the after party downstairs and Paul Banks, the singer, he shook my hand and I just went, I force feed my children your music. I am so rubbish with people I adore. I know. I'm so rubbish. No, I can't. I've, I was like, you I've, idiot, Stacey. I've come to the conclusion that I do never, ever, I don't ever want to do that. Like I. That's I, why I just avoid now. But I was. If, if they're like, I was like a small enough scale, I was like. The only way I can deal with them is if I become friends with them. Yeah. But otherwise, like, I can't, there's oh. no way I could meet, like, Trent Reznor or, like, people like that. I like, like, we saw, um, my friend Alice and I went to see Primary Colours, uh, The Horrors, in full, um, because it reminds us of our friend that passed away. It's, like, a special album for us. Um, and we went to the after party and Faris was there. And I was like, I couldn't say anything. And then I went, oh, he loves World of Warcraft. Cue a massive <laughs> chat between Ellis and Faris yeah. about World of Warcraft. Oh, Stace, I am not cool at all. Well, no, but that that's all right. If you can kind of get... Because I always... I remember posting this thing a while ago about asking people, it's like, as someone who is a fan of music, should I be like, I love your music. This is like what it means to be. People are like, yeah, it's fine. It's like, but you always feel kind of like awkward doing it. Yeah. You're like, I you met, absolutely should. Yeah. yeah. I met Mark Ronson once and I told him I liked his waistcoat and he asked me, asked me if I wanted to go to the pub. My absolute yeah. all-time favourite human asked me to go to the pub with him. Amazing. And I was like, that, I've got to go. But that's what I mean. It's like if you like say, oh, like World of Warcraft or I like your waistcoat. If you have, get into conversation that isn't about their music, then yeah. maybe yeah. they're kind of like... Whereas like I saw Pizza Girl uh, in Bristol last year and Liam is amazing. And his album, an extended play from 2018, like one of my favourite albums of all time. And I was just like, I love your music so much. That's all I could say to him. Yeah. Because that, for me, that just encapsulated that point of my life to a T, to the point where I listened to it all the way through yesterday and I cried. But I think I think it's a, like a, it's a tip that I found really useful is that if you want to like don't talk about the music yeah don't if don't yeah. talk about the music I mean you drop it in to be kind of like complimentary and stuff but yeah like, the best way to get like to become friends with an artist you like is to talk about like your mutual interests yeah. so like but other, it's the same if someone like comes it. up to you and goes I really love what you've done with that mix or whatever yeah. also if so, I really love the way you press play or you faded that or you mixed <laughs> that and I'm like thanks very much. 
bitch. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I'm always waiting for the punchline if anyone's nice to us because yeah. I'm waiting for someone uh. to be horrible because we get it all the time and it's just like, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah, like on Saturday when that boy came up to us and was like, I need to see your setup. And we were like, well, you can see it. You have eyes. <laughs> well done. And then he was like, all you're doing is pressing play. And we were like, well, it's indie. What did you expect? <laughs> like, I don't know what you wanted from us, but okay. Thanks to be fair, we were moving several faders as well. Whoa. So, you know, Crazy I don't stuff. want to sell myself yeah. too short, but I was yeah. pressing play and moving yeah. a fader up at the same time. Exactly. It's a skill. So, you know, it is a skill. <laughs> he didn't have music taste though, did he? So he didn't like what we were playing anyway. So no. it didn't matter. He was studying music technology. I didn't, I didn't finish. What, I, oh, maybe it's yours. No, no, no. Sorry. I, I was telling you a story um, in the moon just before Christmas and this pub golf came in. I think I might have told you. You week. were. Yeah, you yeah, mentioned yeah. pub golf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pub golf came in and they were like, I don't really like the music you're playing. Yeah. Have you got the one that goes coming out my cage and I've been doing just fine? <gasps> <laughs> my favourite one, if we play Mr. Brightside or something, um, Rob Matthews, the photographer, hilarious. When, we, when I was playing at a propaganda, he went, oh my God. Brought up Shazam on his oh, phone. No. I Shazammed it. No, no, no. As a joke. As a oh, joke. Okay, good. No, no, it wasn't real. It was a joke. And it was hilarious. It was so, but always, we are always like, we've got this joke between us, um, which we try and project onto other people. But it's like, say you're playing, I don't know, Christ Chiefs or something. Mm. You'll go, oh my God, I love Jet. Or yeah, if yeah. you're playing like the Smiths, you go, I love Joy Division. Well, it's, oh. but it's, and then Luke told me the story of like, that's just become like, a, a meme in Cardiff now, which is someone came up to him after a rugby night in Matros. You go, have you got jealousy by Kaiser Chiefs? Yep, meaning Mr. Brightside. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's my favourite. Yeah, wow. every time, every time it comes up on the time hop. Now that's I'm always so like messaging him, going so la 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 la. And I'm not, I'm not, ang- you know, if there's, if there, we get people who ask for stuff and they don't know it's. They, they get like the clash and the jam or something mixed yeah. up or whatever i'm okay with that i'm okay if they like make a mistake we've all made mistakes oh, we get all nervous mistakes, when you say yeah. something yeah, yeah. that's fine it's when it is like colossally but also like another favorite that you always tell me about is when you're playing something oh, and, and someone come and comes up the and they artist. ask for the same oh there's yeah. nothing i love more oh this sounds like so and so i'm gonna ask for so and so there is nothing i love more than playing lizzo and then someone going actually do you mind playing lizzo sorry did you are you not <laughs> listening to what CDJ. i'm playing right now because <laughs> i'm pretty sure this is lizzo or if someone goes oh yeah, but it's not the right one i wanted to hear oh okay good you're probably yeah. not gonna like this or know this band but because i know you're playing indie but do you think you could play like feeder and i'm like yeah no problem they're like really you know feeder i'm like yes it's not that we're being snobby or anything no 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 it's, it's not just, it's, it's not. just really it's just, funny it's just part of our job it's just yeah it, people people are shocked that you know things and then shocked when you don't know things and at the end of the day you're only human mm. and i try and educate myself as much as possible when it comes to everything not just music but you know, we're all trying. Yeah. And it's like, if someone said to me the wrong artist, I'll say, oh, do you mean this song? And they're like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you mean that song. Is it this? And then they're like, yeah, this is it. And I'm like, yeah, this is the artist, you know. And it's fine because yeah. people do get stuff yeah, exactly. wrong, you know. Everyone's only human at the end of the yeah. day. But it's when people are like, uh, I'm going to really catch you up now by requesting the most obvious song you'll know. And it's just like, come on, don't try and catch me out. We're all trying to have a good time. I just always say, I'll have a look. 
and yeah. then just never look. I'll see what, I'll see what I can do. Oh, I'm not sure you've got not, that yes one. Yes or no. Oh, no, don't ever give no, them an ad. Don't ever no. say that because they'll give you oh, their phone. Oh, then they give the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 YouTube or anything. You, don't, you yeah. don't give them a real yeah. answer. You just say, I'll have a look or I'll see what I can do. <laughs> and then and then never, ever yeah. speak to them ever again. Just don't say yes or no. So, so I, you don't... Don't reveal your secrets because then they'll just come back and be like, I'll Yeah, but I heard you on the podcast. You don't really do it. <laughs> I just stand there and stare at them until they leave me. Just walk off the stage until I've stared at them. Uh, cool. I think we'll, we'll end it. Cool. Uh, thank you very much. No I said. Yeah, I definitely want to do a part two. Part two. So thank you so much to Kane Stacey of Girl Talk for giving up their Wednesday morning to chat to me, kind of chat to me about, you know, a lot of that stuff I didn't know, even though they, I consider them quite good friends. So it's really insightful conversation and, you know, lots of new music to check out and remember as well. You can usually find Kane Stacey DJing upstairs in Club Bach on a Saturday. Uh, you know, they, they kind of do stints around Cardiff and the UK yeah, just keep an eye on their social media profiles and, and I'm sure you'll find them at your next night out. They're fantastic DJs. They have loads of fun, like they said, and I really kind of am happy when I get to experience what they do for a living. They're also nominated for uh, a Cardiff Music Award this year, having won two in the past for Best DJs. Uh, so you could vote for them if you think they're any good. But there are four other people in that category, so, you know... It's anyone's game. I'm excited to say that I've got another podcast lined up. Uh, it's been a while since I've kind of had a couple in succession. It's not recorded yet, but it's getting recorded tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be doing a podcast with Elliot and Alana from Glass Jackets. And I'm really excited to do that. And it's also going to be one of the first sessions I've done in a while. And I'm excited to kind of sit down with them record one of their songs. It's going to be um, a fun experience. And yeah, hopefully that'll be out next week ah, he says in anticipation hoping he has enough time to edit a full podcast in that space of time but yeah i'm really kind of happy to be back and hopefully do some more in the future i'm also talking to liz from the moon about doing a podcast soon so that should be coming up soon as well so thanks for listening uh thanking you again to ken stacy of girl talk for sitting down with me having a chat and I'll see you next week, he says, with fingers crossed, either in a lie or in hope. Also, one last big massive thank you to James Minas, a.k.a. Minas, for providing me with some new music uh, for this podcast. Because previously I was kind of using one of my instrumental tracks, you know, that my amateur hands have put together. But it's nice to have some proper good music in this podcast as a kind of intro and outro the track is called shush and it's going to be on james's upcoming album so when that comes out i'll let you know thank you see you next time Ooh.